Counting by Sevens by Holly Goldberg Sloan. As you listen to today's read aloud podcast, please think about what role you have in our discussion for Friday. If you need to have a notebook or sketchbook nearby to write or draw notes to help you remember questions you might have or vocabulary words you're describing or a summary of the text that you're looking to provide, please go gather those now. Chapter 42. Every weekend, Patty goes to a farmer's market on Golden State Avenue at F Street. She likes to be one of the first ones there. Today, May went with her because Patty's using Dell's car and they can get more things and she'll help carry the stuff. They are going to pick up two bags of potting soil for me at the nursery on the way back. The best way to grow sunflowers is in the ground, not in pots or planters. They have enormous tap roots that burrow deep. My plan is to start them off in small containers and then locate a place later for transplanting. Dell and I go through the blue, big blue recycling dumpster in the carport, and we find 23 containers for me to use as planters. We pick out an assortment of tin cans, a few plastic tubs that once held sour cream and spreadable cheese, and even a few milk cartons. I don't think I've seen Dell so happy as when he's rooting around in the dumpster. After we have what we need, we go to the laundry room and wash the cans and containers in the deep sink. Then Dull punches holes in the bottoms with a kitchen knife, which gets ruined because you're not supposed to use it for that. He doesn't seem to care. When Patty gets back with the potting soil, we are going to plant nine different types of sunflowers. But another thing happens when we are readying our potting containers. Sadhu Kumar, who rents his extra bedroom to Dell, comes down with three computers. Dell says, what are you doing with those? Sadhu is getting ready to toss them into the big blue bin. They're going into the recycle. I size up the machines. They don't appear very old. I ask, you can't fix them? Sadhu snorts like a horse might do. They're junk, not worth the effort. I look at the computers. Two are laptops. One is a larger desktop, but the same company makes them all. Sadhu Kumar is sort of an angry guy. I think he might have had a lot of disappointment in his life. It can turn a person bitter. I wonder if that's happening to me. Nothing's worse than a sour kid. You should save that for later. When you are old and it hurts just to get up from a chair, you have a reason to have a permanently pinched face. I make a note to myself to be sad and even mad, but not 100% angry at the world. There is a difference. Now I ask Satu, so I can have the computers? Mr. Sour Bitter Man says, if you want junk, take junk. Del Duke looks offended. He says, one man's garbage is another man's treasure. Satu only seems more pained at that thought as he walks away. We are still waiting for the potting soil, so Dell and I carry the three machines up to number 28, and right away I start to take them apart. I think that I might be able to get one working computer from the three. I see that it could be possible to use the logic board from the first one and the chipsets and plugins from the other two. 
I'm not sure it will function properly, but if it does, the computer will be a gift to Dell from me. He doesn't know that yet. I'm at the kitchen table separating the peripheral wiring when Dell Duke's cell phone barks. He's chosen a dog as his ringtone. It doesn't seem like what a cat person would do. It bothered me while we were clearing up his place that I didn't find a single thing to indicate that Cheddar had ever lived here. This is a man who couldn't be bothered to throw trash away. I've been waiting for the appropriate time to bring this up. Once he's off the phone, I ask, Do you miss Cheddar? Dell looks confused. Say again? I repeat, Do you miss Cheddar? Dell's eyes narrow. You mean because Patty cooks Vietnamese food? I don't respond. He adds, What I miss is my meatloaf. I'm not going to follow up. Patty and May return, and we're ready to begin. Patty says she'd like to help us, but she's testing some kind of new nail polish, and it wouldn't be fair to the product to stick her hands in dirt. I'm surprised when Kwang Ha comes downstairs to do the planting. He picks out a container. It is a cloudy plastic and previously held strawberry-flavored imported Italian gelato. I must admit that judging by the shape, this is the most intriguing of our dumpster planters. It is rectangular, but has soft edges. Kwang Ha is confusing, because just when I'm certain he has sawdust for brains, he'll exhibit some real insight. He picked the best-looking container for his seedling. While he obsessively pulls off the stickers from the side of the former gelato carton, May and Dell and I fill up everything else with fresh dirt. When he's finished, I hand Kwang Ha the cookie pan, which has the moist seeds, and I say, plant three, equidistant, about an inch down. Maybe he doesn't hear me because he takes a single seed. I say, take three. He mutters, I only want one. I don't want to be bossing anyone around, especially him. I say, it might fail. They're only going to be in these containers for a short time. You're just starting out here. He will not be persuaded. I can't read his expression, so maybe he's making fun of me as, I, as he says. I'm putting all my hopes and dreams into this one seed. That's how I want it. Dell is now watching. His mouth opens, and I think he's going to say something, but he doesn't. May then turns to her brother. We're doing this for Willow. Don't be a jerk. She wants us to plant three seeds. Kwang Ha looks from May back to me. This one is mine. I'm not doing it for her. Dell turns to us. You two girls do your own thing. Get a lump in my throat. And it's not because Kwang Ha won't listen or because Dell doesn't support my planting methods. I feel moved because they aren't treating me like I'll break into a million pieces. Maybe that means I'm on my way back to some kind of new normal. Chapter 43. I can focus again, if only slightly. It doesn't take long for a routine to really fall into place. We all get in Dell's car every morning. We drop off May and Kwang Ha at the high school, and then Dell takes Patty and me to the salon. Most days, May walks over after school, and then she and I ride the bus to the gardens of Glenwood. 
Patty stays later, but is home for dinner. May and I get things started for the evening meal. Patty can't just walk across an alley to cook anymore, and a lot of her dishes take time. This means that we're in the kitchen in the afternoon, which opens right up onto the living room. I can't help but observe Kwang Ha and later Dell when he gets home from work and positions himself next to Kwang Ha in front of the TV. The two somehow understand each other, maybe because they are both on the outside of something. I'm invisible to them, unless it comes to Kwang Ha's homework. I helped him with a math problem, which is how it started. I can do his assignments in a few minutes, but I take a lot more time than I need so that he won't feel bad. I know that doing his schoolwork is morally wrong, so I try to explain basic concepts before I hand over the material. I can't say that he is a good listener. His only serious activity besides watching anything on the TV is doodling. He draws cartoon-like people with large heads. Kwang Ha has a somewhat large head. I'm not sure if there is a connection. Every day, Dell asks me when I plan to go back to middle school. I want to say, how does never sound, but I don't. Instead, I usually pretend not to hear or mumble something that has a few indistinct syllables. Today, Dell adds, there's a lot you are missing there. I can't help myself. I say, name one thing. Dell looks confused. But it's not a trick question. I really want to know. I can tell that while Kwang Ha is changing channels, he's paying attention. He can't stand high school. Finally, Dell says, You don't go to PE. I just stare at him. Dell's belly looks like he has a basketball under his shirt. Yes, he lost some weight in the last month, but he's got a long way to go before he's any kind of athletic specimen. But it's as if he's some kind of mind reader because he says, I'm going to start running. Tomorrow is my first day. <clears throat> Kwang Ha sh shoots him a look of total disbelief, but I'm the one who says, Really? Dell nods, I say. Are you training for something? Dell says, I'm going to be joining some teams in the spring, and I want to be in shape. Kwang Ha is giggling now, not laughing, giggling. It's different. It is suppressed and high-pitched and contains an element of disbelief. I've never heard Kwang Ha giggle. It must be a very unusual sound because the next thing I know, May is out of the bedroom and standing in the hallway. What's going on? Kwang Ha starts to answer, but he can't. He is a giggling mess. Somehow this form of high-pitched laughter is contagious because May is now giggling. She's watching her brother and whatever he is doing is spreading. Dell has had enough. He gets up from the couch and goes into the kitchen. I follow him. We stand there. We can still hear the giggling in the other room. I say, are you really planning on running? Dell mumbles a form of yes, but then adds, but I'm not going to join any kind of team in the spring. I made that part up. I'm just going to run for myself. I don't think that's strange because almost everything that I pursue is for my own understanding or amusement. I believe having an audience naturally corrupts the performance. I might be self-justifying, but I say, I think that is a great idea. Dell says, let's go water the sunflowers. The next afternoon, Dell does run. He makes a big show of it, coming in dressed in what looks like a costume, not an athletic outfit. 
Kwang Ha starts the giggling thing again. I manage to say, good luck out there. And then Dell is gone. He comes back in bad shape. He's soaked in sweat and he's as red as can be. He was only gone for 11 minutes. I don't keep track of time anymore and I don't count, but I saw the clock on the stove when he walked out the door. I just happened to be looking in that direction when he came back. I say, how was it? Dell is breathing very, very hard, and he holds up a hand. It's the international signal for stop. (coughs) Excuse me. I give him time to regain a somewhat regular breathing pattern. Finally, he says, very tough. I might be a little out of shape. From the couch, I hear the return of the giggling. I write a five-page paper on Mark Twain over the weekend for Kwang Ha. He is very resistant to certain aspects of learning. I believe that he understands a lot of what is being taught, but he has no interest in doing the work that comes with the assignments. Maybe he's just too tired from his late-night TV viewing. I don't think Patty realizes that once she's asleep, he turns the thing back on. I some, he somehow got himself a headset, so the sound just goes right to that. I know because I spend a lot of the nighttime awake. Kwang Ha is clever enough to delete the first paragraph of the Mark Twain paper and go through the computer file and misspell a dozen words before he prints it out. But it wasn't enough because he comes home today in a very bad mood. He's being moved out of his English class and being put in some kind of honors AP program. I will not take the blame for this. And that concludes our reading of Counting by Sevens. Please make sure to take any notes that you need in order to participate in Friday's discussion, whether it be your vocabulary words, your questions, or a summary of everything we have read thus far. <laughs>